0: hey i'm lauren McMullen, and i can't even tell you how excited i am that you're joining me today all you need to join in on this journey is the willingness to open your mind to new perspectives this podcast is a place for learning through the experience of listening to other stories for bringing us together for being empowered for acceptance of yourself and others for the business-minded, the spiritual, the fun-loving, the silly. In other words, you. Come along with me on this path of self-awareness and love. There is no better time than now. So welcome to Soul Radiant Radio. Hello and welcome back to Soul Radiant Radio. I am your host, Lauren McMullen, Intuitive Fulfillment Coach, and today I'm pretty excited for this one because I'm getting to connect to a newish soul sister, oh goodness, I'm already messing this up, Um, (laughs) her name is Amy Belair, and she is a mother a midwife, and an intuitive clairvoyant. She works in the Akashic Records, which is really awesome. I can't wait to dive into that, and channels information from spirit, helping others to understand their blocks, their soul journey, their purpose in life, and so much more. She guides people through spiritual and psychic awakening uh, with a special affinity for the awakening that comes through pregnancy, birth, motherhood, pregnancy, and infant loss. Her mission is In life is to help others remember who they really are and to deeply know that they belong here on earth. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome, Amy. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this. Yay, me too. I'm so happy that um, you were wanting to come on the show (laughs) and to talk to me and, and just have a fun conversation. This is always one of my favorite things to do, so I'm super excited about it. I would love it if, you know, so I gave you a formal introduction, but can you kind of tell our listeners a little bit about you, who you are, and where you're at? Sure. Yeah, so um,
1: like you said in my introduction, I'm a mother and I am a trained midwife, currently working as a midwife and um I live in Ontario Canada and currently in um Bruce County which is like in my opinion the most beautiful part of Canada and probably the whole world and um I really I love working as a midwife and supporting mothers but I also have this like deep um desire to work with people as we sort of go through this big shift in collective consciousness from 3D to 5D, helping support people through their awakenings um, at whatever point in that journey they're at. And mostly I do that through the Akashic Records, um, which to me really means like accessing a soul's history and um, sort of the trajectory they've been on, the lessons that they're working on and
0: their intentions for coming into
1: this particular life.
0: Awesome. That's all so beautiful, really. And um, so you're in Ontario, Canada. You told mm-hmm. me when I got on this call with you, you were in the middle of the forest. Is that much where you are, like all the time in the middle of the forest? Oh my God. No, I wish. That is
1: like <laughs> literally my life aspiration. Ah. Um, no. I'm on an impromptu surprise um free camping trip that was given to me, and I could not turn it down so uh
0: yeah. abundant hello yeah, super <laughs> abundant right <laughs> I love that, oh my gosh, well, and I always feel like I have such a call, like my husband's um grandmother lives up in the mountains, like near us, mm-hmm. about three hours from here, but He's always like I didn't think you'd want to go and I'm like are you kidding me like I love going into the mountains and into the woods and like just being surrounded by all that greenery and like the trees. Oh. It is just I swear that it feels so good to me.
1: <laughs> I yeah, I swear that like this particular hue of green is essential. Like it's a, a an essential vibration to our brains and our, our nervous system. Like every time I get into the forest, it's like the particular I don't know, this green, like all the like tree green seems so soothing, instantaneously soothing to my nervous system.
0: Yes. And it's something about all of the um, the sounds in nature too. Like I'm even experiencing that and, and where we're living, we're um, not that we're like kind of rural, but we're in a small like fisherman's town basically. So we're like on the water, but we're not near like really large cities, you got to drive probably about twenty minutes or so to get to like a larger, more um, commercialized area. But I notice when I go outside at night now, which I've been doing a lot more, especially since it's been nice out. Like the bugs, the crickets, the um, cicadas, all of that stuff—they are so loud outside here, and I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of amazing because it's so soothing and um, so soothing. And it's it's funny because I recorded my first like visualization. That's like a freebie that I'm giving away on my website right now. And when I went to record it, I decided I was going to sit outside because I was talking about being in nature and, um, and actually being on a mountain. (laughs) So, um, I sat outside (laughs) and I was like, you know, that way I don't have to figure out like a background. And it just, perfectly worked out. You could just, you could just hear nature behind me, even though I had headphones. I love that. And I'm like, it's just, you know, the way mother nature fills in the natural, like rhythmic, like the things you need to hear and feel to be, you know, centered and grounded. And, oh, I just love it. (laughs) Oh,
1: that sounds beautiful.
0: Yeah. I love it too. Um, so that's so awesome that you're in the middle of the forest right now. I'm kind of jealous. (laughs) Hi, <laughs> I it is super awesome that I'm in the forest right now. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about so many things with you because there's so many places to dive in here. But I would like to talk about like the midwife, you being a midwife, and kind of how you got into that. Was there always like a feeling of wanting to get kind of into a medical field, or like just more on the holistic side, or like? how do you get into something like that? Yeah.
1: um, Well, I definitely did not grow up imagining that I would get into a medical field. It was for sure the holistic side. And so really, like, I've always known I wanted to be a mom. Um, I actually remember being two and just being bummed out because I you know, without being able to conceive of the actual numbers, I just knew that it was going to be a really long time before I could have my first baby. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and I just would play with my dolls all the time, and, and babies were my thing, babies and motherhood. And... Um, So, I managed to at least wait until I was in my early 20s to have my first child. And it's kind of a miracle that I didn't get pregnant when I was in high school because I really wanted to, but I exercised restraint and caution. (laughs) It was really hard. And um, so, I had my first son when uh, I was in my early 20s, and I was living in my small hometown in Ontario, which is just like really small, like, um, 2,500 people. Wow. Yeah. And I knew, I just kind of knew I didn't want my family doctor to be my care provider. He was just, he was also my neighbor and I don't know, I just wasn't, I wasn't into it. And I had read a book about midwives, spiritual midwifery, the book about midwives the year before, but I didn't I honestly didn't know that midwives existed and they were pretty new at the time in Ontario as a regulated healthcare profession. And I went to um, the public health nurse to just find out more options about who could do my prenatal care. And I found out that a midwifery clinic had just literally just opened its doors in my small town.
0: Oh my And I felt
1: so lucky. Oh my gosh. It it was just, it was incredible. It was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So aligned. And it was just what I, I really wanted to feel really cared for Um, and I don't know, like to me, I've always been a deeply spiritual person and being pregnant was very spiritual to me and I wanted to feel like that aspect was recognized, at least the sacredness of it was recognized and I intuitively kind of knew that that isn't how it works in the medical system. Yeah. So I got hooked up with this incredible midwife and she um, will never know what she means to me, but she was like an angel in my life. And um, she, so I wanted a home birth. I knew that. And I uh, was like really prepared to just um, take labor as whatever it was and, um, uh-huh. and stay home for my birth and I managed to and it was a really long labor it was like 28 hours start to finish which isn't that unusual for um a first time labor but it wasn't yeah. 28 hours of active labor that would be crazy it was yeah. probably like 8 hours of active labor or maybe 10 or something like that Ooh. um but it was intense and painful and she essentially did everything that she could pulled out every trick that she had up her sleeve to help me cope with the pain and stay grounded and keep progressing and have my home birth. And I did get to have my home birth. Mm-hmm. And after my son was born, I I felt like, I don't know, I can't even, like Superwoman. It was, it was just something that has served me for my whole life um, as I've gone through other difficult things in my life to, to really have had the opportunity to meet myself in that uh scary vulnerable place and yeah. see exactly what I'm made of and what I can do. And um after after he was born, my midwife told me that I should be a midwife. She said that I really kept my head um even after he was born, he didn't really start breathing right away, but I I was never scared. I like I could tell he was there. I could feel Jesus his yeah. soul there. So I wasn't worried about it. And she said that that was unusual. And most people um, really don't, don't handle that situation very well, or don't handle sure. it in that way. And so she was like, I think you should be a midwife. And that's what put me on the path of becoming a midwife.
0: Wow. What a beautiful way to kind of experience birth. And it, it's such a, in a such, such a raw form, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone, experiences it that way. I certainly didn't. I was in a hospital with two cesarean sections (laughs) for both of my, you know, for both of my children. And, you know, I, I just imagine the difference is it is so night and day probably to what I experienced. Um, but you're right. I think anytime, you know, and specifically with your journey, it's labor, but going through something where you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to survive this? Like this is cr- like crazy amounts of pain that you are feeling, very much feeling, without those drugs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is, is amazing. What a woman's body can actually go through and absolutely. to tell about it is absolutely amazing and mind-blowing. And it it almost is humbling in a way of like, there shouldn't be all this body shaming. Do you know what we are capable of? You know what I mean? Like, totally. Amazing, <laughs> amazing, you are amazing for going through something like that without the medication, just knowing that you were going to do it and you were going to do it, you know, in this way, that was your plan. And just keeping a cool head about it the whole time. I mean, you're freaking. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. know if it,
1: I don't know if it was <laughs> keeping a cool head <laughs> Whole time, but anyways, I got through it. Yeah, and, but I, I absolutely agree with you so much. Like, there's no to me, there's just no room for body shaming um, for men or women. Like, having being a mother of sons, I definitely feel like ugh, men too, all, all yeah. the love for the males too. But, like, hello, women create life. Like, yeah, what is this bullshit where we're you know trying to look a certain way and equate our value with? appearances it, it makes no sense like we're we are literal walking miracles everyday yeah.
0: miracles yeah i don't I mean i don't even think I can't even wrap my head around doing it you know and I know people do it all the time, but doing a labor like uh, uh, like that I couldn't wrap my head around it not when I was younger, when I had my kids, but even now I have such a low pain tolerance. I feel like I'd be on the floor, like, losing my shit. (laughs) I'm just – Well, I (laughs) – I'd be, like, passed out, like, waking up when it's over. (laughs) Yeah, and, I mean,
1: I don't – I do not want to pretend that I – was full of grace during it because I was not. And my youngest is a year old and I was not full of grace for her birth either. Oh, so some people, I sometimes I do witness people who have um, an incredible amount of grace in labor without medication and they blow me away. And I'm not one of those people. I just happened to be lucky enough to have a labor that progressed. Normally,
0: let's talk about the Akashic Records and kind of how that comes into play in your business and, and the way that you help others, like through their awakening stages. How did sure. that kind of come to be in your journey?
1: Well, that came to be in a really, um, really specific way that also sort of ties into midwifery and motherhood. Um, because I had always, um, I've always been, like I said, spiritual and s- always been psychic, clairvoyant, but not one of those people that had ghosts haunting me at night when I was a kid. Um, Like I didn't have one of those wild, crazy, like, um, you know, those really mind blowing stories that you hear about, um, about people who are like born like ultra psychic. That wasn't me, but I was psychic nonetheless. And for a long time, I just had no idea that was the case because I thought you had to be, you know, tormented in the night to be considered psychic. So I have always, I think I've always been working the Akashic Records, like, um, certainly since I was about 18 years old, I think is when I really started, when my spiritual awakening really started to happen. And I sort of um, became aware of information that... like about other people or situations, being able to understand like the energetics in relationship dynamics or certain situations and like bigger macro level um, view of things that are going on globally or in my community or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was my, my earliest phrase into the Akashic records, but I didn't know that that was happening. And so I consciously got into them After I lost uh, my second son, so he, um, I had a complicated pregnancy, and my water broke when, um, I was 20 weeks exactly one night Mm -hmm. while I was, um, just like just before I was lying in bed, and I kind of had this weird sort of, um, dream that. The contents, every all the contents of my uterus just
0: came out like a miscarriage. Oh, oh my
1: god! And then I woke up to this pop and my water broke, and it was so early on that um, even though I was a midwife and I, <laughs> I know what water breaking is, and I've already had it happen um, in my previous pregnancy, I, I just couldn't. Wrap my mind around it, like I I was just in full blown denial. And then I got paged by a client who thought that she was in preterm labor, and I got up and went to the hospital while I was leaking amniotic fluid all over the place, and went and did um, a preterm labor assessment and just totally like couldn't accept what was happening. Oh my
0: goodness!
1: Um, and then of course I eventually had to accept it and go to the hospital and get assessed. And he was still alive and it was amazing and, um, miraculous. And I was, I luckily the OB who was on call that day was a colleague of mine and um, very, very dear to me. And he laid out my options, which were basically to like expectantly manage and take some antibiotics to prevent an infection or fight one if it was already there. Mm -hmm. And, um, just know that most likely I was going to have a stillbirth in the next 24 to 48 hours or to, um, proceed with, uh, an induction to terminate the pregnancy, knowing the outcome was so poor. Yeah. And I, I just, oh, I just remember thinking like, mm, I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. And, um, his heart was still beating. He was still there. And I just felt at that time like I couldn't, um, I couldn't pull the plug on him. I just couldn't do it. It just wasn't wasn't uh, an available choice to me at the time. Yeah. Um. So, so then of course my whole life had to go on hold. And at 20 weeks, a baby who is born it just is not mature enough to survive outside of mother's womb. So there really wasn't much that um, the OB could do for me. Apart from just support me in my choice. And so he was like, I really advise that you go home and you stay um, in bed every day, all the time. You get up and have a shower every couple days. And, you know, he called it bathroom privileges, which I thought was hilarious and very (laughs) patriarchal, (laughs) but I had bathroom privileges. I could go pee in the toilet and drink a lot of water um, and come back every week for an assessment. And um, then like an ultrasound, every an ultrasound every week, but looking at the growth trends every other week. Yeah. And every time I went, he was just he was still there. His heart was still beating, and uh, he was still growing along the 50th percentile, so right along average. And the amniotic fluid continues to be produced. So, um, by the baby. So essentially it comes through the placenta through your circulation and then, um, the baby pees it out and, um, that's what amniotic fluid is, but it's really essential during that part of pregnancy because the babies also breathe it in like air quotes Mm -hmm. breathe and that helps to proliferate and develop the lung tissue. So, I was drinking more water than I've ever drunk before in my life and feeling like a million bucks for it, but having to pee like every four minutes. And um, the amniotic fluid kept accumulating, although it also kept leaking. And I just, I just like had no choice but to stay in the moment. Um, I remember one time I totally lost my cool and just like started bawling everywhere, wondering if I was making a mistake, if I was tormenting my son, you know, just l- I let my mind go to all the scariest sure. places. And then I kind of realized like, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit like I was able to just remember like, well, right now in this moment, nothing terrible is happening. Right. Like right now everything's okay. Everything you're afraid of is a potential in the future and you're not there yet. So you just have to
0: yeah, stay here. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, So week after week, he was there and he kept growing. And then finally, when I was um, 25 weeks along, that's considered the point where it's like reasonable to um, try and resuscitate a baby if it happens to be born. Yeah. So um, the OB strongly recommended and the um, pediatrician strongly recommended that I go um, into the hospital in um, Toronto, which was the nearest to me at the time and stay on bed rest and just um, wait basically for labor to start at some point. And that was really hard because I had to leave my other son and my partner and um, just be there by myself. And it was pretty scary, but yeah, that's what I went and did. And um, after 10 days of being in the hospital, then I did start having contractions. And um, ultimately my son was, Born, he was supposed to have been a C-section because he was breech. Mm-hmm. But as they were preparing me on the table um, and going to put the catheter in, they kind of noticed um, some signs that maybe the baby was in my birth canal. And so the nurse asked the doctor to check one more time, and she said, "Oh, there he is! Just give me one big push, and and out he came." Wow! And um, when he was born, I I didn't know if he was. Alive or not, it was really stressful. Yeah, um, for like probably about an hour and a half or two hours, I didn't know if he was alive.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but he was, and he was just so beautiful and so perfectly formed and just incredible and oh, like so humbling to meet and see and behold all of his strengths. And um, so he went to obviously to the NICU uh, and was in an isolate for a number of days before we could ever touch him and hold him. But he was doing really well. And um, everybody at least advised us to, you know, like, believe that he was going to be coming home with us. He didn't need to be on any extra medication. He wasn't having any seizures or brain bleeds or things that tend to happen for very preterm babies. Sure. So he was um, 26 weeks gestation at the time. So really little yeah, um, under two pounds. And so everybody was really optimistic, but on the 11th day of his life, um, something was just different. And my um, partner was in nursing school at the time. And so he had been with me for that whole um, 10 days. Mm-hmm. And then he, and it, luckily it was his reading week at school and then he had to go back to, um, to school. He just didn't know what else to do. So he went back to school sure. and it was my first day by myself there with our son. And I remember going down to the cafeteria and um, just sitting there by myself and I, I started crying and I thought everything is worth it. It's all worth it just for the honor of being his mother. and I, sort of caught myself after that thought and was like, where did that come from? Oh my goodness. And, um, and then I went back upstairs after I'd finished eating and I took one look at him and I knew that something was wrong and I let the nurse know and she agreed and, um, they asked me to step out and give them some time so they could do some x-rays on him and figure out what was going on. And uh, when I came back an hour later, they had let me know that um, he had developed something called necrotizing endocolitis in his um, intestines, which is something that happens fairly, I wouldn't say it's common with preterm babies, but they're definitely at higher risk for it, where essentially the the blood supply that Feeds the intestines isn't Mm -hmm. adequate because their lungs aren't developed enough. And so that little patch didn't get enough blood, and the tissue started to die away. And eventually it perforated, um, and a whole bunch of bacteria from his intestine went into his bloodstream. So he had a a very, very aggressive systemic infection and um, had to go for emergency surgery which he amazingly survived he's honestly the strongest person i've ever known and uh and he just kept trucking and then three days after the surgery um he finally started seemed to turn a corner and they did just a routine um, ultrasound on his brain um, just to make sure that no damage had been sustained during all of this. And they found that damage indeed had been sustained and he was having like real time, very significant bleeds into his brain stem. So um, he was going to have like really significant brain damage. And at that time they advised us that really the outcome was not looking good at all. And really we should let him go. And um, my, my partner, was very, very adamant that that's what uh, we needed to do and and I agreed, but he i 'm really glad my partner was able to be like unshakable about that because I might have wavered I might have wavered it was of course uh, by far the hardest thing i've ever had to do to choose to uh, let my child die but
0: yeah.
1: um but we did, and he came to me within a couple of hours after that and let me know he came through with a feeling like a helium balloon and it was just like, thank you. Like, thank you so much for setting me free. And uh, that was really um, helpful to me moving forward. But, of course, there's no avoiding the incredible devastating grief that comes with that kind of experience and that that year following was um, like the by far the blackest year of my life it was there aren't even words for it Um, and that's how I found the Akashic Records was I I would often ask myself what I had done to to deserve this Um, and I know that's That really does end up being our default narrative for so many people, um and similarly in like pregnancy and infant loss, but any kind of loss and difficult situation, we tend to wonder like, what have I done? What did I do? I wondered if I had focused too much on like negative thoughts and fears and had caused this to happen. I wondered if I had done you know I, I sort of tallied up all of the things I had done wrong, the ways I had hurt people in the past, and wondered if if i you know this was my karma and um and yet at the same time it's like i i kind of knew it couldn't be because as painful as it was like he was just such a blessing to me and i wouldn't trade you know i if i could go back and do it over i would do it all again just just to be his mom i really would and and so how could something like that be a punishment so yeah eventually i i sort of Stumbled on the Akashic records and um, thought, well, okay, I'll just go in and try and see if I can find an answer. And I I went in with the big guns. Like I didn't like yeah. test the waters first and ask anything.
0: you know. <laughs> I want all the answers at some important right? Questions. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, totally.
1: <laughs> and he came and he he it was interesting because the way it worked is everything was like sort of mediated and filtered through, um, the keepers of the records. But he, he let me know, uh, why all of that had happened. And it was nothing like my mental narrative, like nothing like I was telling myself. Um, it, it was that there, we had done nothing wrong to deserve this. Um, this was an experience that his soul requested And he, before um, he was born, before we were born, when we, you know, time doesn't really exist, but when we exist in the spirit um, plane, Mm -hmm. he asked us if we would do this for him. And we agreed. And uh, he he gave us several opportunities to back out. Um, And we didn't, we didn't take them. Um, And he, Basically, he let me know that he, it was something, it was to sort of like balance out, I guess if you want to see it this way, balance out his karma um, for a choice he had made in a previous life, but it wasn't a punishment for him either. It was like totally a free will choice that he was like, I I don't want to carry this forward and continue having to work through this thing you know, through the duration of several lifetimes, I want to be able to do it quickly and intensely in one little tiny lifetime. And you, um, will you help me do this? And, uh, and that we agreed. And um, he had chosen um, me as his mom because I was going to love him completely no matter what and want him no matter what want him even if he was in a broken body want him even if he was uh you know hit like nothing could work I was gonna want him no matter what and he chose his dad because he knew his dad would um love him enough to let him go yeah and that was so healing for me there was no and like, there's nothing that has been more healing than that, the the insight that I received there. And uh, it totally changed um, my experience of grief after that. Uh, I still am overcome with grief, um, you know, pretty regularly, but yeah. it doesn't swallow me whole the way it did before. And I knew as soon as I sort of um, had processed that experience that I wanted to keep working in the records and be able to... Um, give people an opportunity to ask their big questions too.
0: Yeah I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing your story and going through that because it is such a powerful story. I know that it probably still hurts to talk about because obviously you've still lost a child, no matter mm-hmm. how many days he was you know here on this earth and what a fighter he was I and mean, oh, such a fighter. For everything that could have possibly happened. And places that you could have possibly lost him prior to that. He kept on fighting to be yeah. here. And um, I absolutely believe he chose you because you would love him so intensely and so wholly and unconditionally, and you still do, you know what I mean? I like that, do. <laughs> that will never go away. Um, but it it takes just as as like your your prior birth story, prior to that one, your first son, like the amount of strength that you have to have to make it through these things. Like these are definitely things that happen in your life to really show you and remind you who you are, how strong you are, what an ultimate creator you are. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's really heartbreaking, you know, to go through those struggles and to have that grief and the sadness, but it's also... So beautiful to see your strengths and how you still continue to shine. I mean, you could have been on a completely different spiraled path, um, you know, still in that dark place, yet you're choosing to use this experience and to transmute your pain into something beautiful to give healing to other people. And I just, that is absolutely amazing.
1: It just, thank you. Thank you so much, Lauren.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it just blows me away. And I am constantly being surprised by how much we have the capacity to love the capa- yeah. ability to love each other totally and and you and your story with your son is one thing and the love that you have for him but the fact that you're so loving and willing to help other people through the same thing is you know amazing to me it's just people just never cease to amaze me and and the you know, the way that they can do that and to really like share with the world then a way of healing. And I, I do think that, you know, being able to dive into the Akashic records is amazing. And if you can find someone to do it for you, or you learn how to do it yourself or whatever it is, it can be such a healing process. Um, or finding a medium that can connect you with some spirits that, you know, some people that you've lost, you know, and to just get an understanding, like, that's the thing that heaviness, that despair, that pain, that grief, it's only happening here on earth. It only happens on this plane. And when we're oh, in it's human so forms, <laughs> like he is just nothing but love at this point. Yeah. He's happy. He's, you know, he's just love and that's all it is. And they're happy and they want us to continue on in life and not be pulled down or weighted down by, you know, the traumatic situations that we've had and losing them. Um, And it's, it's just like a whole process, but I, I don't think that everybody always understands that is, you know, it's actually freedom. Like you said, he said to you, like, I, I chose my dad because I knew that he would love me enough to let me go to, to set me free. He came to you and thank you for setting him free because ultimately you just, he's suffering in a little tiny body when, you know, when being released into the spirit realm, he's no longer got any pain. You know, he's absolutely 100% whole (laughs) with, you know, no other issues. So it's such a beautiful thing that you would um, go through that and to agree to that on the spirit realm before coming in. Okay, so I would love it if you – I mean, so when you are now using these Akashic records and the clientele that you're bringing in – I suppose that you're really trying to help a lot more people heal through using Mm -hmm. records. What type of clients are you getting? Is it like these mothers or parents that have lost a child kind of in this way? What, what types of people are you working with through this kind of stuff, I guess?
1: Yeah. Well, I definitely always, always will want to support um, mothers and fathers through loss and complicated pregnancies. Um, both through the Akashic records and then also using my midwifery training because it's such a challenging life experience. And, um, yeah, I just have a tremendous soft spot for that, obviously. Um, And then in terms of Akashic record readings, I would say that people who – the ideal people for me to work with are the ones who – like, are coming up against a block or seeing patterns in their lives, or, um, you know, are trying to remember what their intention was in this life, what their actual, like, their magic is and their power and um, what they're capable of. It, I can give future predictions through the Akashic Records because everything is happening all at the same time. But sometimes I think, uh, like, approaching it looking for future predictions is a little bit disempowering because you know nothing is set in stone and this is a free will dimension so um we have like multiple timelines that are available to us at any given time and the probability is the strongest for some of them based on the choices that a person is making in the moment so um sometimes when people come looking for like just sort of generic um psychic readings out of curiosity they're going to be a little bit more disappointed because it's not as um, it's more like a Google search for your right. soul. Like you have to have good questions that you know, you want like certain information. If you just like go and like, you know, Google, I don't know, like just if you were to type in something interesting about me into a Google search bar, like you'll get things, but you might not find them actually that interesting um, versus going in and asking like a really um, clear question. So um, I find that the people who come with a particular block um, or like particular patterns or if they're wanting to um, find healing and answers to why something has happened, um, those are the ones who seem to be like really well suited for working in the Akashic records.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I've had a couple Akashic Record readings done um, in the last two years or so, and something I actually just had a, a little bit of a realization about the other day is I, I took my 12-year-old daughter to a concert, Sean Mendez we went to see, that's like her cool. Her boyfriend, um, (laughs) can't talk bad about him. She's like mad at his girlfriend in real life, you know, 12 year olds, 12 year olds. She's like, Oh my gosh. So obsessed. um, It's funny because uh, my daughter and I have had multiple lifetimes together and we have had role reversals where she has been my mother in several lifetimes and I've been her mother in several lifetimes. And This one particular one that I was told about, I think the first time I ever had an Akashic uh, reading was that she was my mother and we were like, um, we're alive in the time of like Joseph Stalin and um, we were in a huge crowd of people and I don't know if it was a riot. I don't know exactly what was going on, but a huge like crowd, like stampede of people basically and we got separated and I was, I was trampled. And she never found me. And and I was told that was the last lifetime we actually had together on earth as mother and daughter (sighs) or a mother and child. Actually, I don't even know if I was a daughter. Um, But and I found that really interesting because I have and I didn't actually realize I didn't connect. Okay, so I had this reading like over a year ago and I didn't actually connect the dots to something happening in my life until just last week or just when we went to this concert, because I realized like before being in a large crowd of people always made me feel really defensive. Like I would always be like, I'm going to put my elbows up. Like, don't touch me. Like I would get really weird about being in a crowd and it would mm-hmm. really take the focus away from like having fun at a concert or wherever we were. Like I would get so annoyed and like irritated being in a, like, a large area with a lot of people like that. Yeah. And I never actually connected the dots until recently. Like, well, that would make sense why I have an issue being with, you know, within a crowd if I had a past life where I was trampled by a crowd. Like, that would make a lot of sense to me, right? Um, But what I noticed is that I... I can tell when I've been doing my inner work just in small examples of things because I took her to this concert on Tuesday. We had to stand in a long line to get in the door. Then we're like bumping into all sorts of people. It's like a sold out show, you know, and we're (laughs) in a crowd of people like going to this concert and being there. And I didn't once feel like I had to be super defensive or like throw an elbow at somebody or like, I didn't feel that way probably for the first time in a long time. Like it didn't really bother me at all. I was not, I was like unbothered by being, that's amazing and going. And I was like, I know I've really been working on healing things and I must have energetically healed that without even realizing I was healing it. Yeah. I wonder if you healed it and released it as
1: soon as you made the connection between like that, what, the information that you received about that life and in that reading that you had. And then the, the way that you feel in large crowds here. Yeah. I, I feel like once, like once sort of you make the connection between like something that happened in a different life that is no longer relevant in this life, it's so fast and easy to release it.
0: Right. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I, I, I feel like I'm constantly having these big, revealing revelations, <laughs> which I love. Like, that's one of the things I really love about being on this journey and, like, really digging into, like, figuring out, remembering who I am. But, um, you know, when I have things like that, I'm like, it's so mind-blowing and big to me, but it's something so small. <laughs> like, totally. But it's like, oh my gosh, oh, yes, isn't that the, your the whole perspective? Like,
1: of, yes. It
0: does. <laughs> these are, like, the mind-blowing moments it, that, like change everything
1: they are and you're right they usually are so small like (laughs) I have never met anybody yet that I've done a reading for where the life that comes through or any of the lives that come through are like you know Cleopatra or (laughs) like like a big name glamorous figure. You know what I mean? Like we're usually just everyday people,
0: um, living everyday lives. Okay. So I would love it. Obviously I shared that story, but I would love it if you would just go into Like what, what types of things should people expect when they're getting an Akashic reading? Like what is realistic for them to kind of, I mean, realistic, huh? That's a funny word, but, um, like what should they really like, try to be open to, I suppose, what types yeah. of can come through? How can you help them like, really dig in or, or actually facilitate some healing for themselves? Totally. So um,
1: things that you can expect to come up in Akashic Records are guidance from um your guides so sometimes if people have questions like am i on the right path or what do i need to do next etc cetera, etc cetera. um usually their guides will come through and let me know um as well as sort of like understanding the um the karmic history of certain relationships so just like you were saying with uh your oldest daughter um finding out like different lifetimes and roles that you've played and how that sometimes affects um the relationship as it presents itself now um as well as like uh being able to sort of i I think the main thing is like really being able to sort of see where your soul is trying to go what it's coming through for what its plan was for this life and and like really the biggest benefit is remembering that you are a soul and like really 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 remembering that you're not just this human expression of you know like like in this in this life you're lauren but you're not just lauren you're you're so much bigger than that so much bigger than that and But, and yet at the same time, like as Lauren, you're so incredibly magical and powerful and you have the ability to change the world with your particular magic. And so like finding out what that is through the records and finding out what, you know, blocks and areas of healing that you have to work on. And it's amazing how quickly things can release when you um, learn about them through the record and really integrate them like deeper into your subconscious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. And you just talking about it, I'm like, I want to get another Akashic reading, I think. <laughs> I have more questions. Um, <laughs> I think I might have to do that. Um, so speaking of getting a reading, Amy, how do people work with you? How do they get in contact with you? Tell us where you hang out, how they can reach you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I have a website that is www the NorthstarGuidance.com. Um, so my business is called the North Star because I feel like that really encompasses uh, what, what an Akashic record reading can do for you. It can just point you to your true north and um sort of yeah, re realign you with where you were intending to go when you came into this life. And I'm on Facebook as Amy Melissa. And I'm on Instagram as the uh, thenorthstar.love because the North Star was taken. <laughs> um, and I just started a Facebook group called Soul Space to sort of help, um, well, not really help people, but just creating a space where people can um, sort of listen to my frequent rantings and channelings about um, the true nature of reality as um, shown to me through the Akashic Records.
0: That's amazing. I'm going to have to come join your group, too, because I didn't even realize you had one. <laughs> Just started it this week, so it's a oh, brand new hey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. So I will come over, and maybe I can be a founding member then. <laughs> I like getting those little badges in, like, Facebook groups. I know, right? It's also, like, accomplished. I'm like, look at me. I'm big a shot. I'm right. Down here. Totally. <laughs> Rising star. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, um, awesome. So we found out how to find you. Um, I always ask a guest to bring a journal prompt and I totally forgot to ask you before we jumped on if you have one that you want to share. So if you don't have one, that's cool. But if you have one, okay,
1: okay, I'm going to make one up on the spot and I think my journal prompt is if I were being truly honest with myself, my greatest magic
0: that I have to serve the the world with is awesome and then let your pen flow people
1: (laughs) my baby's crying in the background
0: I love that (laughs) it's just real life like the very first thing that I said you were is a mother and that is like one of your most important jobs so absolutely (laughs) real life that is real life happening people (laughs) it's real life Oh my goodness. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up? Any last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with before we wrap it up?
1: Yeah, I would just love to tell people from the bottom of my heart that you are so special. You are so magical and powerful. You are important. You are loved and you are, you are wanted here. You belong here. You are needed. Find your thing. Own it show it, shine it because that's how we make the world a better place. And we're all shifting consciousness into um, five dimensional consciousness where sort of our old limiting 3d constructs are going to fall away. It's similar to, um, the shift that happened between the medieval period to the enlightenment where just so much more freedom and information was available to humanity. That's what we're going through right now. And everybody has a part to play in it. And you don't have to be anything other than what you are. Just just be.
0: Awesome. That's amazing. I love it. And I love all those affirmations you just dropped in there too. So <laughs> say those back and say, I am in front of them. That is an affirmation. Um, that's right I love it I want to thank you again for spending some time with me today I've loved having you on I've loved our conversation thank you so much for being open and vulnerable with your story and the loss of your son and what a beautiful beautiful gift that you gave him um, oh thank you so still much, amazing Lauren. still amazing I just I can't even like contain my like amazement of people like you um who are just so full of love and i can totally feel that and i just i love it i love that so much um thank, thank you again. thank you yeah thank you for coming on thank you listeners for sticking around and hanging out and if you want to totally. contact amy please do so she would love to hear from you and obviously she has a i would love to hear hold from you. and love to give um so if you're looking for something like that something that will help with healing maybe some things you don't realize are even happening that's a really good place to start um and with that that'll finish us off for today thanks for sticking around and listening i hope you have a great day and we will talk to you soon bye okay my friends that's it that's the end of the episode Thank you so much for sticking around, for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, if you're enjoying this podcast, please go and hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rating or a review and share it with your friends. I'll be eternally grateful.